All right, well, gang, we are in uh, week number two of a series called Revitalize. How do we uh, bring new energy into our life when we're tired? How do we bring new vitality into our dreams when we're discouraged? New confidence into our faith when we're struggling? Last week, we talked about the seven ways that Jesus revitalizes our life when we're running on empty. Today we're going to look at another facet of this topic, and what we're going to talk about today is how do you offload the extra weight that you're carrying? Now, I'm not going to talk to you about your physical uh, weight today, okay? So you can relax about that. But here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the burdens, the stresses, the fears, the worries, the pressures that we carry with us because... You see, bad things happen when we carry more than God designed us to carry. Does that make sense? Like, if you're carrying more than you should, you're going to wear out sooner than you should. And if you want vitality in your life, if you want to go the distance, go as far as you can with joy in life, it's directly proportionate to the amount of weight and burden that you carry with you. So today we're talking about how to lighten our load, and that's a a good topic because I'm pretty sure that there's some of us in this room this morning who are carrying more than we should. There's probably some of us in this room this morning who are overloaded. You got too much to do at work or too much to do at school, too much to do with your kids, too much to do with your health or your finances, and all of that stuff is weighing you down. And you look at the fuel gauge of your life and you think, I don't have what it takes to make it. Um, A pastor friend of mine received this letter I want to read to you. And um, this is not really that uncommon of a letter for a pastor to receive, but let me read it to you. It said this, Dear Pastor, I cannot remember the last time I felt rested and refreshed. My life has been on overload for years. There are too many expectations, too many responsibilities, too many activities, too many decisions, and it all seems like it has to be done immediately. I feel like a little boy trying to put his finger in the hole of a dam, and the water's rushing out, and I don't have enough fingers to stop the leaks. And then this person goes on to say, after a night's sleep, I wake up still tired, and I look around, and I notice I'm not unique in this. Everyone I know lives this way. And then they said, and I've also noticed that now my kids are learning to live the same crazy lifestyle. So this is why we're doing this series, because as your pastor, I care about you, and I want you to live your life with a lot of joy. I want you to pursue your dreams, pursue and live out your faith with vitality, with energy, and with passion. If there's ever a guy whose life was overloaded, it was a guy by the name of Job, In Job chapter 6, take a look at how he described his life. He said, if my misery could be weighed, that is my burden, this load I'm carrying, if it could be weighed, if you could pile up the whole bitter load on the scales, it would be heavier than all the sands on the sea. That's pretty heavy. Is it any wonder that I am howling like a caged cat? Now, you know your life is bad when you start comparing it to a cat, right? So... What do we do here? What do we do? Well, Jesus summarizes the secrets of stress management in three sentences. 
Honestly, gang, this is all you'll ever, you'll ever need for stress management in your life. All the books you could read, all the seminars, all the podcasts you could listen to, all the pills that you could consume, none of them is going to help you as much as these three sentences of Jesus about stress management. And so I'm glad you're here today because these really do have the potential to change our life. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. He said this, Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads. Would that be any of you? He says, and I will give you more to do. Is that what he said? I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. For the yoke I give you is easy, and the load I will put on you is light. So there's three important words in that passage of Scripture that I want you to circle. First, circle the word come. Jesus says, come to me. And then circle the word take. He says, take my yoke. And then the word learn. Jesus says, learn from me. Those three principles of stress management can change your life. Not if you just understand them, but if you really apply them to your life. So let's take a look. Number one, the first one is this. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. If you want to reduce your load, lessen your stress, the first number one thing we have to do is come to Jesus. That's where it's got to start. Turning to Jesus is a starting point if this is going to work for us. In the Bible, people came to Jesus for all kinds of good reasons. They would come to Jesus for answers to questions. They came to Jesus for healing. They came to Jesus for, uh, you know, because they were upset. Maybe they were having a conflict with someone. They came to Jesus to find eternal life. And Jesus said to them, he said, did you know that you could also come to me for rest? Now, I wonder if you've ever really thought about that. Like, I know you've probably turned to Jesus for all kinds of things. You've turned to him for protection. You've turned to him for direction about some decision. You've turned to him for a healing and all kinds of different things in your life. But have you ever thought about the fact that when you're burned out, when you're overloaded, you can go to Jesus and receive rest as well? Now, the rest that Jesus gives us, I want you to notice, it's not typical rest. Jesus says, I will give you rest for your souls. Soul rest is different from just rest rest. See, here's what we think. We think our greatest need is to rest our bodies. Like I'm kind of tired at the end of a day or I'm kind of tired at the end of a week. Maybe if I just had a couple more days off or maybe if I just took a few more naps, then I'd be better. And physical rest is important, but what we need to understand today is that physical rest, rest for your body is not the source of your stress. The source of your stress has to do with your soul, with your spirit. Um, you could take a nap, wake up from that, and still be stressed. If you work out, you could say, I'm going to take a couple days off, my body's kind of sore, and, you know, rest your body that way and still be stressed. This is why a lot of the things that we do to try and get rid of our stress just don't work. Like, oh, I'll, I'll go to a movie, or I'll go to a restaurant, or I'll spend more time on my hobbies, or I'll take a nap. None of those things are bad. The problem with them is they only address 
the physical side, the physical rest, and they don't address the issue that really needs to be addressed, which is our soul, our spirit. Jesus tells us there's only one place you can find rest for your soul, and that's him. If you really want inner peace in your life, if you want inner tranquility, Jesus is the only one who gives it. The Old Testament tells us this too. Look at what Isaiah said in Isaiah 40. It said, he gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Those who wait on the Lord will find what? New strength. How many of you would like to find new strength? Let's try this again. How many of you would like to find new strength? Okay, that's better. Well, what we need to do is circle that phrase in that verse, wait on the Lord. He says, those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. So what does this mean? Well, he's saying if you're stressed out in your life, the answer is not a plan, the answer is not a program, the answer is not a pill, the answer is a person. Jesus said, come to me. Isaiah says, wait on the Lord. See, that's where the answer always is. The answer always has been, the answer always will be God. So what does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means you get alone with him and you wait. When's the last time you really got alone with the Lord? He says, those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. When's the last time you really quieted your life, slowed your pace, stopped your pace, just turned off all the distractions and just waited on the Lord? Waiting on the Lord can be summarized in a one-sentence prayer. God, is there anything you want to say to me? God, is there anything you want to say to me? Now, no, here's the deal, gang. We don't do that when we're running through life. When we're running through life, you know what we do? Like, hey, God, you got something to say to me? Better shout it because, you know, I'm in the middle of all this stuff over here. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to hear you. That's not waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord means you get quiet before him, means you sit with him. You just spend time with him, and you wait on him. See, what if you were to take 10, 15 minutes a day just to sit with the Lord and say, God, is there anything you want to say to me? What would happen? Flash a lightning from heaven? An audible voice from heaven? Probably not. But you know what might happen? God might put a quiet thought into your heart. God might give you a little more clarity about that situation or that issue that you've been struggling with. For me, often, it's just a little more insight or a little more refreshment. But whenever I spend that time with God and wait on Him, I'm always refreshed, I'm always renewed, and, and always strengthened. But again, this doesn't happen when we're running through life, when we're distracted with all kinds of stuff, or when we're going at a frantic pace. For that to happen, we have to get quiet. I was thinking about that. I wonder if we were to take a moment of silence right now, just everybody be quiet, say nothing for a, for a, for a minute. You know what would happen? Some of us our hearts would start racing, our blood pressure would go up, and some of us, rather than getting relaxed, we get nervous because we're not really used to it. But Jesus said, if we want God to work in our life in the deeper way, the deepest places that we need him to work, 
this quiet time waiting on God is so important. Here's what he said in Matthew 6. He said, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Now, we're going to finish reading that verse, but let's look at this uh, phrase, role play before God. What's he talking about? He's talking about our public encounters with God. So often in public, we're less concerned with what God thinks, and we're more concerned with what everybody else thinks. Have you noticed that? If I was to have everyone in this room come up one by one and offer a prayer, I wonder what your thought would be when it was your turn. Would you be thinking, I wonder what God thinks about what I'm saying? Or would you be thinking, what does everybody else think about what I'm saying? See, so often in our life and in our faith, we are trying to impress people. So Jesus says, I want you to just get alone with me. Because when you do that, you're not going to be worrying about what everybody else thinks. And all your thoughts can be really about God. So he says, find a secluded place where you're not going to be tempted to role play. Just be there as simply and honest as you can manage. And then look what will happen. The focus will shift from you. Your worries, your burdens, your problems, your stresses, it'll shift from you to God. And then what happens? You will begin to sense his grace. When's the last time you did this? Some of you, it's been a while, I would imagine. You know, here's what's interesting about me. When I get stressed, my knee-jerk reaction is to think, okay, what can I do to fix this? My knee-jerk reaction when I'm stressed is, how can I solve this? And isn't it interesting that I know what the answer is? I know where I should turn. I should go to God right away, but oftentimes he's not where I turn to first. Let me ask you this question. Am I the only one? How many of you have ever done that too? Okay. So the truth is we often just wait too long to turn to God, to wait on him. And God is just waiting on us to turn to him. The Bible tells us this over and over. God says, come to me. He says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Bring me your burdens. Bring me your troubles. Bring me your problems. Over and over and over, God says, wait on me. So when you're stressed, when you're overloaded, the first thing you need is not a vacation or a nap. It's not a program or a plan or a pill or whatever else. It's a person. Come to Jesus. Here's the second one. This one's a little bit harder, and that is give up control. Give up control. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, that come to Jesus sounds kind of attractive, but giving up control? I just went from preaching to meddling, didn't I? Listen, we are to come to Jesus and give up control. Do you know why we're overloaded? We're overloaded because we're trying to control our load. Let me give you a little pop quiz. Have you ever had a moment where you thought to yourself, it all depends on me? Like if, if I don't hold this together, it's going to fall apart. Anybody? Let me see your hands if you've ever had that thought. How many of you thought that already this morning, right? Like if I don't take care of this, it's never going to get taken care of. Well, I want you to look at this in your notes with me. The greater my need to control the more stressed my life is going to be. Let's say that together. The greater my need to control, the more stressed my life is going to be. Now, some of you are saying, well, I'm not a control person, Chris. 
I'm married to one, but I'm not one. And what I would say to you in the ancient Hebrew is, ha. Or maybe I should say, ha, because, you know, it's kind of a guttural language. But listen, the truth is uh, we, we, we get stressed because we try to carry too much. Jesus says this in Matthew 11. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. And you might read that and think, oh, wait a minute. Sounds like he's given me more to do. But that's not really what he's saying. Um, I know probably a lot of you know what a yoke is. I grew up in the city. I didn't grow up on a farm. So for a long time, I didn't really know what a yoke was. I thought I'd hear yoke and I'd think of like an egg or something like that. But a yoke is a piece of wood with two collars in it. And one of the collars gets put over the back and the shoulders of an ox. And then the other collar gets put over the back and shoulders of another ox. And so the two of them are pulling the load together, reducing the load for each of them. It's different from a harness, you know, that gets put in the uh, mouth of one animal, and then that one animal has to pull the whole load. So Jesus is saying, I'm not giving you more to do. He says, I'm actually talking to you about dividing up the burden between you and me. He says, I'm talking to you about sharing the load. Um, our problem, gang, is that we try to carry the load alone, and Jesus is saying, let me help you. See, a yoke is a symbol of two things. It's a symbol, first of all, of partnership. Jesus says, I never meant for you to carry all your burdens and problems by yourself in life. Let me help you. He says, I want to reduce your load, lessen your stress, but you got to let me help you to do that. Let's have this partnership. So if you are overwhelmed, if you're overloaded and stressed out in your life, it's because you're not allowing Jesus to do his part in the relationship. Or can I say it a different way? You're trying to carry more than God designed you to carry, and you're trying to do it alone. And whenever you distance yourself from God, whenever you detach yourself from God, um, the result is always going to be more stress, more pressure, all those negative things. But anytime you get close to God again and reattach to his yoke, you're going to find your stress going down. Does that make sense? So, because you're in that partnership with him. The second symbol of a uh, yoke is a symbol of control. It's a symbol of control, and every farmer knew this. Like the farmer would know, I have one ox that is dominant, one ox that is going to be experienced. And he says, I need that experienced dominant ox who knows how to go in a straight line when I'm plowing this field. Because that inexperienced ox is going to be kind of like the ADD ox. Oh, there's a bird. There's a, there's a squirrel running off in every direction. So he says, I need to be attached to the one who knows where he's going, knows the pace, knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, otherwise we're going to end up in a ditch. And... and you can see the parallel here. Listen, the reason that we don't like to yoke ourselves to Christ or to take his yoke on us is because we want to set the pace of our life. We want to go in the direction we want to go, and anytime we try to do that, we wind up in a ditch. Jesus uses the illustration of a yoke to say, I know where you're supposed to go, and I know the pace you're supposed to go or to travel at. Psalm 55, 2 tells us this, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He will carry your load and help 
you out. So moving together with Christ, the same direction, the same pace, that's the key to sanity and stability in our life. Walking in step with God, letting him lead. Galatians 5 tells us, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Romans 3.28 says, our lives get in step with God by letting him set the pace. Now, Jesus in Matthew 11 said, my burden is easy. The version we wrote said, my yoke is easy. What does that mean? It means that, that uh, it fits perfectly. Jesus' yoke, Jesus' burden fits us perfectly. See, gang, here's our problem. We get yoked to the wrong kind of stuff, and that stuff ends up taking us in the wrong direction or it gets us going at the wrong pace because we don't really know what fits us perfectly. But God does know what fits us perfectly. Why? Because he's the one that made us. See, here, here's what we do a lot. We compare ourselves to other people. And so, you know, you or I might look at someone and go, wow, look at, look at how they're going through life. They're running fast. They're doing well. They have a lot of joy, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement in their life, and that's wonderful. And we think, I need to be like that. But what we don't realize is that God knows that he wired them to go at that pace. And he also knows that he wired you differently. And that if you try to go to that pace, it'll end up killing you, okay? Or maybe you're one of the ones that's moving really fast through life, and you're looking at everybody else going, bunch of slackers, you know? But what we need to understand is this. God has designed us differently. God hasn't designed us all to move at the same pace. And because of that, God says, I know how I wired you. I know the pace you're supposed to go. I know the direction you're supposed to go. God knows the perfect fit for us. We don't. And that's why we get in trouble whenever we try to yoke ourselves to the wrong things. Like, have you ever been in a wrong friendship? And you know that they're steering you in the wrong direction, but you got yoked to that. Or sometimes we get ourselves in a financial pickle because we've yoked ourselves to all kinds of spending or whatever, and then we got to go at an incredible pace just to try and undo that. The deal is this. The antidote to stress in our life is not to escape it. It's not to take a vacation or a nap. You know, sometimes we think if I just take a vacation, or if I move to a different location, all of my problems are going to be solved. That's not true, because you take that yoke with you. That yoke goes wherever you are. The answer is, you need to yoke yourself to Jesus. The problem is, we yoke ourselves to the wrong stuff. And if you yoke yourself to the wrong stuff, the yoke's going to be on you, okay? So, here's number three. Follow Jesus' example. Follow Jesus' example. In Matthew 11, the third thing he said to, for stress management is, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that's what we want, right? So why do we have to learn from Jesus? Well, because Jesus lived his life with peace, with inner peace. Jesus lived the life that God wanted him to live, he lived a very balanced life, and if we want to live that way, we need to learn from him. And Jesus uh, uses that word learn purposefully because when we learn things, we don't learn them overnight. 
Learning takes time. So Jesus is saying, I want you to keep on watching me, keep on imitating me, keep on following me, keep on doing these things because you didn't get stressed out overnight. You know, you, you, you got stressed out incrementally in your life. You took on a little bit here, and then you took on a little bit more here, and then a little bit more here. You didn't get worried overnight. You worried a little bit here, and then you worried a little bit here, and then you worried a little bit there. And it took you time to learn all those things, so now you've got to unlearn them by learning Jesus. And Jesus says there's two things I want you to learn from me. He says, I want you to learn gentleness and humility. Now, you would think if we're stressed out that he'd be saying, you need to learn time management or you need to learn endurance or courage or something like that. But no, he says you need to learn gentleness and humility. Why? Because those are the two answers or those are the two things that um, take away what the things that wear us out the most. What wears us out the most? Aggression and arrogance. Aggression and arrogance. Now, probably most of you, maybe all of you would say, I'm not an aggressive person. But you know, think about it in a different way. Aggression could be the early bird gets the worm. And so you think to yourself, you know what? I'm going to get out there and I'm going to get that worm before all those other birds. I'm going to rush out there. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to go at life with gusto. I'm going to do this and that. And so often what happens is we rush out into our day, we rush out into our life, and what we're not doing is we're not slowing down, we're not spending time with God, we're not seeking Him, we're not asking Him. We're just trying to make it happen ourselves. Um, Have you ever said yes to something, and then the day on the calendar arrives for that, and you're like, oh man, why did I ever say yes to that? Any of you ever done that? Why did you do that? Because you didn't stop, you didn't think, you didn't pause, you didn't ask God about it. You just said, okay, I'll do it, right? And then you're committed. Um, The answer to just rushing off into our day aggressively like that is gentleness. Gentleness is about sitting with the Lord, waiting, seeking, and watching and seeing what he does. The other thing that wears us out is arrogance. Arrogance is this whole idea that I know what's best for me, I know what I can tolerate, I know what I should say yes to, and I know what I should say no to. And guess what? You don't, okay? You just don't, if I can just be blunt. There's no superman or superwoman in this room who knows everything that we should say yes to or no to or knows everything about our life. So Jesus says the antidote to those two things is gentleness and humility. If you think about Jesus' life, the reason he wasn't stressed out is because he only took on himself what God the Father told him to. Twelve times in the Gospel of John, we hear Jesus say things like this, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only go where the Father tells me to go. I only say what the Father tells me to say. And because of that, As a result, Jesus lived with more serenity and more peace in his life than anyone else you could ever think of or imagine. So isn't it true that you've tried a lot of different things to deal with the stress in your life? 
And gang, isn't it time for us to take that step of trusting God with 100% of our life, with all of it? Just try it. You got nothing to lose. Just trust him with it all and watch and see what he does. Jesus says, come to him, give up control, and follow his example. This is the life he's inviting us to. It's better than any anniversary or birthday or any other kind of invitation you can get. He's inviting us to a life of peace, a life of rest. And again, he says, come to me, take my yoke, learn from me gentleness and humility, and you will find rest for your souls. Do you want that? So do I. Let's bow our heads for prayer. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, I want to ask you a a couple questions. What is it that's weighing you down? Health issues? Parenting issues? Maybe your job? Maybe it's your finances or family issues? Have you ever come to Jesus with 100% of your life? The starting point of unloading your burden is to tell Jesus about it and give it to him and trust him to carry it. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to lead you in a prayer of freedom this morning. In your heart, just quietly repeat this after me. Dear God, I am tired of being tired all the time. I'm tired of trying to control everything. I'm tired of life without rest and peace. So please forgive me for all the times that I've turned to other stuff for relief instead of you. Today I come to you. Help me to stop trying to control stuff I can't control anyway. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for allowing insecurity and ego to drive me to take on more than I can manage. Forgive me for filling my life with less important things. And now I'm out of gas for the stuff that really matters. Teach me to sit and to be quiet while I wait on you. Jesus, teach me that. Teach me gentleness and humility so that I can have the peace you offer. It is in your name, Jesus, that I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.